Hi, welcome to the Charlotte Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy today's message and that it both encourages and inspires you. You may be seated. Thank you, Pastor Phil and Krista. I reckon I've known them for longer than that, but that's okay. When you get older, glory to God. Such a joy for me to be here and uh, meet with so many of the wonderful folk in this church. I want you to know, right, when you selected Pastor Phil and Krista as your new senior pastors, you thought that you were making a decision, but I, I really believe it was God's timing and God's will and we have given you Victoria's best, all right? And so just go with it. It's going to be a great ride for Shiloh Church in the days and the years to come, in Jesus' name. All right, what am I doing here? My, my iPad's playing up. Just hang on. Come on. That's it. You got it. Right, glory to God. So um, I've been here since Friday night, flipping work at me hard, um, Friday, Friday, I come and sat in that little hot box over there and did an online message. We had a dinner with the board all day yesterday and here we are today. So it's sort of great to be out of that mode and into preaching mode in the Word of God. And, uh, and so, but I've, I think I've drunk more water in the last two days than I've drunk in the whole previous year before that. And uh, because you just don't notice how much moisture is leaking out of your body when you come from Victoria. And so this morning I'm standing there in church and I'm thinking like, I feel like my pants need to, they're falling down, but no, they're not moving. They're so stuck to my body right now. Every bit of my clothing is stuck to my body. I brought a jacket because that's what we do in Victoria, but sorry. I saw, I saw some of the ashes with thongs, so I'm good. And uh, so, yeah, it's a, it's a real joy. And, and I said to Pastor Phil, I said, why did you get Daniel first and me second? You should have got me first. Because you got to meet him last week and see what God's doing in his life, which is just amazing. And uh, he's been such a blessing to so many people as he's gone on that journey of breakthrough and anointing to see ma- amazing things happen. So my, my hope is be, I, I may not see you ever again, but that you'll have Daniel back from time to time to just have that injection of faith and the miracle working power of God into your church. So in the, in the 1960s, how many people were alive in the 1960s? Well, there's a few. I lived in Anala for four years. So from, from uh, 1967 till 1970, I, I lived in Anala. My dad was the pastor at Anala AOG. And uh, I spent those years there uh, and I survived. Right? I, I, for those of you who have got some history, uh, I went to Anala State High for those years and if you ask me, what's my recollection of my time at Anala State High? It's blood, <laughs> right? It's fighting. It's broken bones. It's like, it's like it was a rough place, Anala, in those days. And, uh, and, so, and so for me, this is actually the first time, I think, uh, in about 40-some years that I've come back to this area and region in Brisbane and just such a joy to see what God's been doing and you know we were small and we were tiny. Last night I got to have dinner with three of my friends who were in the youth group at Anala AOG in the 1960s who still all live in this area and uh, Pastor Gary Walkton's one of them. (laughs) But here's the funny thing, we're sitting around the table last night, I'm the only one, my spouse is not here but but just four guys, right, 
who, who haven't seen each other probably in the flesh for 50 years and that we're all still married to the same people we got first married to. We all still love God and we're all still committed to our local churches. And I go, that's, that's a good story. That's a good story. Anyway, let's get on with this. I've got a scripture for you today, Mark 11, 23, 24. My message is called Mountain Moving Faith. Mountain Moving Faith. Let's read this passage. It says, so Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea, does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Jesus said a lot of things in the New Testament, but this is the drop mic verse for me. It's like when you pull this apart and think about what he's actually saying to you and I, his followers, the believers in Jesus Christ. This is the most incredible, incredible verse and probably one of the most incredible ones in the whole Bible. You're going to have to excuse me if I have to have a drink because otherwise I'm just going to fade away. <laughs> this season that we've all been through in this last two years, uh, I, I mean, I'd say I'm, I'm probably not the oldest person here, but I've, I've been around a while. I've never experienced a season like this in my entire life. And I think for all of us, no matter how old we are, this is like a, a once in a century kind of thing that, that we've experienced and uh, one of my great friends in Melbourne, he had people in his church coming, you know, there's all sorts of uh, opinions and talking to him and he said, look, look, I just want to say to you, this is my first pandemic, right? We're all, we're all making it up as we go along. That, that's the reality of it. But there's certain things I've noticed as we've gone through this season about the church. It's been a season that's very uh, revealing about what people really carry in their hearts. It's been one of those times where there's been a stripping away of, of unimportant things and facades and a revelation of some of the things that we really carry in our spirit. Let me just, you know, because I'm from Victoria, all right? You, Queensland, child's play. All right, we, we had the longest lockdown in the world, right? You think you had it tough? Forget it. You don't have a rate. Okay, but uh, look, just bear with me because I've, I'm, still, I'm still in recovery and in therapy for the last two years. We had curfews, right? And, and let me just tell you what happened is on the news we had one night, a guy putting out his bins on the footpath after 9pm 9, 9 and the cops rocking up with the sirens and the lights and pushing him up against the wall. I mean, like, what the heck? So we went through a lot of stuff. But this is what I noticed about church. There was a real uh, difference between the people who had a passion to get back to the house of the Lord. I don't know about you, but we had nearly two years of watching online church. And there was just something, you get to a certain point, you go, like, okay, I'm, I'm there, I'm online, but God, I want to be in your house. Yeah. I want... I want to, you know, I want to be there. And so we've, we, the other thing I noticed, a lot of Christians living in fear and anxiety. And I go like, God didn't give you a spirit of fear, so where did you get yours? Maybe you need to turn off the news, right, and read your Bible. Because, because we're not supposed to live like that. Weird end time doctrines, right? I, I guess many of you have heard them, but... Some of the bizarre things some of our pastors started saying. Did you even read your Bible? 
I mean, where's this coming from? So all these sort of things have come to the surface in that time that, that made me think about, you know what, 2022, the whole world, the whole of our nation has is, is been shaken. People have been put in a situation they never faced. There's never been a time like this for the Church of Jesus Christ to rise up in a new level of faith and belief and have a voice that can speak into that confusion and can speak into that arena and see great inroads and and success for the church of Jesus Christ. People are in fear. People don't know what to do. People don't know where to turn. It's a time for us as the church, individually and corporately, to have mountain-moving faith. And so I had this thing. This is a passage I preached out years ago. I haven't touched it for years, but I thought, you know what? There's something here about the, the, the stance and the attitude that I need to adopt in my life as I face 2022. I don't want it just to be... Oh, Praise God, we're back at church. Isn't that good? No, I, I want it to go further than that. I want us to be a people who are, are glad to be back and we're powered up and we're full of faith, ready to break through and reach new goals for Jesus. Amen. And so here's James, James chapter 2.26 says, For the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead. And so if James is telling us there's got to be a response to the faith that we carry. And so in, uh, I think it's Romans... Paul says, uh, 12, Paul says, each person is given a measure of faith. But I don't want the measure of faith. I want mountain moving faith. Because it tells me here in Mark chapter 11, that's what I can have. He gave it as a promise to each and every one of us. We can all move from a measure of faith to mountain moving faith. And I just want to stir your faith today to be that person who's believing that in 2022, you're going to go up in your level of faith and see breakthrough in your life. So here we go. I see five things in this, in this passage and in this topic. And the first one is you need to have conviction about your faith. A conviction is something that is a deeply held belief that motivates and, and speaks to your actions and your words, right? So what I believe inside... This is what Jesus said, if you believe it in your heart, right? Hey, I, I want my faith to go up, all right? So I've got to not just say I've got faith, I've got to believe it in my heart. And what that means is it's got to become a conviction that motivates me and, and that addresses my direction. There's got to be an outworking. It's not good enough to say I have faith. I have to have a faith that goes somewhere, right? And so, and so I just thought about this thing about people coming back to church. I remember sitting there, you know, on a Sunday morning with my cup of coffee in my, in my recliner, watching online church, and just something in me. It's like, no, no, I don't want to do this. Because I, I have a conviction that the Word of God is, is, tells me there's a theme that runs through it. I was glad when they said to me, let's go up to the house of the Lord. It didn't say, let's watch online on live streaming. It said, let's go up the house of the Lord, right? And so I just have this passion that, that I want to be there. I want to be in the group of people who have a conviction that the house of the Lord is important. Right from the beginning, Genesis, you know, Jacob had the revelation, Bethel, the house of the Lord. This is the place where heaven touches earth, right? Under him be the gathering of the people. We're not gathering online, gathering together in his presence that I might dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, right? So I have a conviction. I have a conviction. I want to be in church. I'm not scared to go there. I'm not going to let anything stop me. When it's open, I'm there. And, and so we can see that, that, that whatever it is that we want to see moved in our lives, whatever mountain confronts your life, 
you have to have a conviction that this word is true. You've got to have a conviction that would enable you to rise up in that faith and begin to declare and speak things into that word, into that space, right? So the, the second thing I saw when I look at this is, how do I go from having a measure of faith, the Mount Moving Faith? I've got to control my thought life. The second thing, you know, first conviction, second thought life. And then the, the Bible says, and I love, I love this verse, Romans 4, and there was a promise to Abraham. And it says, so shall your descendants be, like the sand of the seashore and the stars in the sky, right? And this is what it says about Abraham. And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about 100 years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God and being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was also able to do. All right, so here we go. What happened is he had a, he had a situation where in the natural, it's not possible, right? But it says he didn't, he didn't consider, he gave no thought for his own body. You understand it's important for us to keep control of our thought life, right? There's a scripture in Corinthians, Jesus said, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Because I don't know about you, but my mind can go places I don't want it to go, right? I, I can, I, and you've got to rest that thing and we've got to bring it back into captivity. So no, 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 no. So, so just to tell you a little story about my life, about, about oh, it must have been nearly 10 years ago, I had, I had a problem, health, a health problem, and I had to go to a specialist. And uh, I sat there and, you know, he went through whatever, and, and he goes to me, well, well, Mr Bates, I'm uh, sorry to tell you, but you've probably got cancer. And I, I just said, no, I haven't. I mean, I'm with the specialist. I haven't got cancer. And he said, well, statistically, yada, 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 your age group, that, 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 you've probably got cancer. And I said, I pointed at him. I said, I told you, I'm not, I haven't got cancer. I don't know where that came from, but it's just like for me, that was a foreign thought. I'm not going to let something come in here and, and make me start to think a certain way. Plus, I've never had cancer in my family. I'm going, no, 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 you're wrong, buddy. So I had to go have all these tests and, you know, get poked and prodded and whatever else. I come back and I had the appointment with him and he goes, well, good news, Mr. Bates, you haven't got cancer. <laughs> I pointed at him again and said, I told you I didn't, didn't I? And he goes, yes, you did. He's a, he's a funny little eccentric guy with a boat. Oh, yes, yes, you did. And so, and so like, okay, you've got a problem, but I'm not going to accept, I'm not going to entertain the thought of it being what someone else tells me it is. I'm going to put my trust in what God says, right? Okay, so now, now I've got to tell you the bad story so that you don't feel I'm so holy. Um, in 2018, I had this thing where my blood pressure was really high. And uh, I had a blood pressure machine and I would take my blood pressure. It was always high. And I, and I start stressing and I think, I'm going to die. And I've got six grandkids. I want to live to see them. You know, it's just sort of, and I'm walking along the creek side near my house and I'm just going, oh, God, help me. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. So I go to the cardiologist. He does all the tests. And he says to me, you know what? Your heart's okay. He said, your problem is that you, you internalise everything that happens in your life and it turns into stress, which puts your blood pressure up. I go, okay, okay. He says, this is, this is my prescription for you, Mr Bates. This is my prescription. Stop taking your blood pressure. <laughs> this is a cardiologist. I got high blood pressure. He said to me, stop taking it. He said, wrap that machine up and throw it away. And so I go, okay, I'm not going to take it. 
right? And that has been transformative for me because I haven't taken my blood pressure in four years. It's probably high. I don't care. So take no thought for your own body, right? So that thing was making me think all the time about the problem. It was directing my thoughts to the problem. And I had to say, okay, I need to do something. I'm not going to think about it anymore. I'm going to think about my faith. I'm going to think about I belong to Jesus, right? When I gave my life to Him, I came out of the kingdom of sickness and I came out of the kingdom of darkness. I came into the kingdom of His Son and here it is. He knows where I live and I'm ready. If Jesus wants to take me home, He knows where I live, right? That's how we're going to live. Nothing's going to take me out that isn't ordained by God, right? When my time's up, my time's up. That's fine. But I'm not going to spend the rest of my life thinking about my blood pressure and how bad it is and where am I? I don't think about it. I don't think about it. Ask me why blood pressure. No idea. Pastor Gary's telling me I was a mind uh, 70 over 130. See, he knows. I don't. Mine's probably a lot higher, Pastor Gary, but I don't know. I don't care. I don't care but I'm, because I'm, I feel good. Right? I feel okay. I feel healthy. And that's how I'm going to stay. And so we need to be people who, who don't let the things that are happening in our lives, the mountains, the potential problems, become a thought that robs us of faith to go to the level to move that mountain. Come on, I don't know who everyone is today. I don't know where you're from. I don't know what's happened to you. But I know you're all facing mountains. It's the nature of life, and especially the life of a follower of Jesus Christ, that we will come to mountains. And those mountains, we say today, you know, they've got to move. We've got, we can't stay there. God never planned for you to camp at the mountain and never move through. He wants you to go beyond the mountain to the victory and keep going to the next mountain and the next mountain and the next mountain. All right? And so this is it. I've got to hold a conviction that God's Word is true. I've got to hold a conviction that says, I've got to order my thought life and stop it from doing stuff. Third thing is my words. I think one of the problems that people have with faith is that they undo what they believe through what they speak. All right, so you just look at this. Just look at this. James 3.10 says, Out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. Right? It says, out of the same fountain comes sweet water and bitter. And I reckon this is just about us. That sometimes we, we, we're in church, oh, great worship time. How blessed are you to have Luke Munns here? You're a bit hesitant about that, but I mean, the guy's, the guy's a, a worship machine. And, uh, and so there's churches that give their right arm to have him leading them in worship. I don't know where he is. He's over there. Okay. So, but, but at the end of the day, like, here we go. I have to... Guard my mouth with all diligence, for out of it flows the issues of life. Right? So if I'm in church and I'm talking faith, I'm singing the songs, oh yes, I feel it, the anointing. That's great words, a declarative of victory. But when I go home, I'm a whinger. All right? No one here, of course, but, but I, I've got to tell you, like I've been a pastor for 50 years. My wife is often the voice of the Holy Spirit to me. Any other men here that can... And she say, don't say that. What are you saying? I go, thank you, Lord. Okay. Got to get this right. Because we, we, we are all, we're all creatures who are susceptible to be influenced by our circumstances to speak words into that. And yet if I have a mountain in my path, if it's health, 
if it's my marriage, if it's my relationships, if it's my employment, if it's my finances, I've got a mountain. I can't have two kinds of languages. I've got to have a language that is, that is counter to the language of the circumstance. Don't speak to the mountain. I mean, don't speak about the mountain, sorry. Speak to it. Jesus is very clear. You don't have a meeting to talk about your mountain. Have a meeting to declare together that it's moving out of the way. I used to preach a message years ago called Faithometer. It was probably 20 years or more ago. Faithometer, and it was like Jesus, when he walked this earth, he often gave people a reading of their faith level from what they said. And so the faithometer is your mouth, right? So they're on the Sea of Galilee, the storm's there. He said, we're going to sink. They wake, shake and Jesus, wake him up. Master, don't you care that we're perishing? And he goes, peace be still, right? Didn't speak about the mountain, the storm. He spoke to it. And then he goes to them, how is it? You have no faith. And I, I couldn't help but like visualise like a little VU meter, right? And, and the needle's not moving, Jesus is looking at these guys and going, you got no faith. And they got a crowd of 5,000 men and all these people, and they got five loaves and two fish, and they go, how are we going to feed this amount of people? And he goes, oh, ye of little faith. Right? So they're improving. they got a reading. It's just a little bit, bud, just a little bit. And I think Jesus was so kind to people that he would actually, he would actually help them and give them a reading of their faith. And the centurion who said, Jesus, would you heal my servant? And he goes, he goes, yes, I'll come. And the centurion, no, 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 you don't have to come. Because I'm a man under authority. I say this to this one, this one to that one. You don't need to come. Just speak the word only and he'll be well. And Jesus turns to the disciples and he goes, see this? I've never seen such great faith, not in all of Israel. Right? The mouth is the meter of your faith. And so if I'm speaking and commanding and declaring and prophesying while I'm in church, but I'm speaking other language when I'm away from church, I'm undermining my faith. I need to, I need to bring it into captive. Let's face it, I know I'm, I'm a preacher, I'm up here. Most of us talk too much and that makes us say, what does it say in the multitude of words? Sin is not absent, right? And so we need to be people who actually order our life. Do you want to go from a measure of faith to mountain moving faith? You need to take care of your mouth and what you say. We all right? You're very quiet. In Victoria, people are much more vocal. It's not, not helping. <laughs> the fourth thing, all right, we're getting towards there. The fourth thing is confidence, right? To get from, from measure of faith to mountain moving faith, I need conviction. I need to order my thoughts. I need to control my words. But I need then to go more from words to confident words. Right? There's no, you can say things in a way that you don't really believe it. I, I, I need to be confident. The Bible says this, Hebrews 10.35, Therefore do not cast away your confidence, which has a great reward. For you have need of endurance, so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. Right? 1 John 5.14, Now this is the confidence that we have in Him. That if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of Him. We need to actually ask and speak and declare with confidence. I heard a preacher years and years ago make this statement. He said, faith is the ability and the confidence to prophesy. And I, I'd never heard that. And I went, yeah, okay. 
Okay, so when it comes to the words that are going to move the mountain, I've got to get a confidence in me. I, I, I can't be shirking back. I can't be, oh, no, no. I've got, to, I've got to be in authority and power and declare something. You know what? I, I think that we are prophesying all the time as God's people. We're either prophesying victory or prophesying defeat. And so that we need to be people who train ourselves. If you want to be the mountain-moving confidence person of Shiloh Church, you need to actually start to have confidence about the words that you speak. What comes out of your mouth is declarative. It's, it's prophesying the future for you and your family and your church. This is, this is for you personally and corporately today. The last thing is authority. And uh, Pastor Phil's talked a lot about that. It was good. But Luke 10, 19, Jesus says, Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Nothing will by any means hurt you. Matthew 28, Jesus says, All authority has been given to me in heaven and in earth. Right? How much authority? All authority. Jesus was given all authority. When he rode victorious from the grave, all authority. In the, in the New Testament, there's two words that are translated as power. The first one is dunamis, which is like, Energy, dynamic, dynamite, like force. The second one is exousia, and exousia is authority. And it's that example that Pasphilius is brilliant. The police don't run you off the road. They just flick the switch and you pull over. Right? So it's not dunamis that gets you to pull over. It's exousia. It's the authority behind what you're saying. So this is it. If you're a believer in Jesus and you're here today... Jesus said in Matthew 28 to you, behold, all authority is given to me in heaven and earth, right? And then in Luke 10, 9, he says, I give you authority, right? Go. So you carry the authority of Jesus Christ. And so you think about this. If I'm going to start to declare and I'm going to speak things into the atmosphere, I've got to actually understand the reality of what's happening, Right? After I've got a conviction, after I've marshaled my thoughts, after I've set a guard on my mouth and controlled my language, after I have the confidence and to stand up and to declare something, I need to really appreciate this. It's not you. It's the authority of Jesus Christ that you speak with. I've been doing this a long time. Most people pray wrong, right? Because Jesus never told us to ask him to fix our problems, Right? He told us to tell the problem to move. I, I don't come to Jesus, oh, Jesus, please, I've got this problem. I've got this, uh, help me, help me, Jesus. He goes, well, you know what? I already gave you the authority to do this. You, you're praying wrong. You've got to start to declare whatever it is in your life, right? Whatever it is in your family, whatever mountain this church faces, uh, you've got to believe that you've got a guy like Pastor Phil and Krista, that God's got a plan for this church that's bigger than what it's been, right? And so you're going to have to corporately start to have mountain-moving authority, mountain-moving faith in Jesus' name. And so today, as we come to the end of the service, there's a few things I want to do, all right? We're going to pray corporately and I'm going to pray but I want you to focus on your mountain I want you to you all know what the mountain is that's stopping you from going to the next level and when we get to that point there's there's a few things I'll pray about you know I'll pray about healing I'll pray about you know one of the passions of my life is family members who have wandered from the faith and aren't in the kingdom of God anymore and I really we're going to lay hold of that today in the spirit and we're going to start to see people come back right because it's not it's not a lifestyle choice it's a spiritual battle, right? And we need to just 
be equipped to pray and you listen to how I pray for your family members to come home, right? And then you tell home and you keep praying for them. You keep declaring over their lives. They need you to hang on and to pray and believe, right? But whatever it is that's going on in your world, and Pastor Phil, in that session, he's so good. He went through so many issues that we all face. And, and we want to actually deal with them and so lift our faith level today. Let's go up, let's go up, let's go up. Thank you, God, I have a measure of faith, but I want to grow in that faith till I can move mountains. If you'd say that today, oh, God smiles, right? He wants, we need, He needs His people to, to rise up in mountain moving faith. And before we do that, but I've got to do one other thing, all right? Can we all stand up? You've been sitting down too long. I'm up here sweating on my own. There's a verse in Zechariah chapter 3. It's my favourite verse in the Bible for this. And in that passage, uh, the prophet tells us that the, the, the high priest Joshua was standing in the presence of the angel of the Lord. And the angel of the Lord says to Joshua, the high priest of Israel, is this man not a burning stick that was snatched from the fire? And I don't know about you, but that had a profound impact on me. When I read that verse, I thought, I don't know that there's a better phrase that describes the state of all humanity without Christ. It describes me, it describes you. I was a burning stick in a fire. I was without hope and lost in sin in this world until the hand of God reached out and laid hold of my life and took me out of the fire. Now I'm no longer a burning stick with no purpose except to burn. I stand in the presence of the angel Lord Jesus Christ in His house to serve, in His house to worship. And I, I, it overwhelms me every time I think about it, right? Because even though I was raised in a Christian home, even though my father was a pastor, I was a burning stick in the fire. You were a burning stick in the fire. But for the grace of God, that hand that reached out. And so it's talking about eternal destiny. It's talking about the decision that we all have to make to say yes to Jesus. And I don't know everybody here, and I would hope that most of you have said yes to Jesus, but today we're not gonna close this service without having the opportunity to say to you, with all of the, of all of the force that I could, it's time for you to make, say yes to Jesus, acknowledge His presence, and step out of death into life. Step out of the fire into an eternal destiny in God's presence. So I, I just want you to all close your eyes in prayer. And I'm just going to ask if there's anyone here today, you know you're not right with God. You know that if your life was to end today, you would find yourself in a bad place. This is what Jesus said. This is what He said. We're all burning sticks in the fire. But thank God, there's still a hand that reaches out today. There's still a hand that's ready to take you out of that destiny and give you a new destiny. Can you even see the comparison? clothed in priestly robes, standing in the presence of the angel of the Lord to a stick in the fire. I just want to ask you, just if you're here in this meeting today and that's you and you know, I need to get right with God. I need to make that commitment. I need to give my life to Jesus. Could you just put up your hand so I can pray for you? Put it up, put it down. Just quickly, no one else looking around. Just raise your hand. Thank you, thank you. That's good, put it down. Anyone else? Come on, this is your day. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. That's good. That's good. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. That's wonderful. All right, we're just going to say this prayer. And like, if you're still there and you know it's you, come on, say this prayer with us all. 
right? Move, move out of the fire into the presence of God. It's the best thing you can do. So let's, let's just say this short prayer after me. Father, I thank You for sending Jesus Christ to die for my sins and to give me the offer of salvation. Today, I want to say yes to You. Today, I want to step out of sin in my whole life. Today, I want to be found standing in Your presence with my name written in Your book. Thank You, Jesus, for everything that You've done for me. Amen. Now, I'm not going to call people out, but I do want you to connect, right? The most important thing you can do is talk to Pastor Phil, talk to one of the other team. Make sure that you align yourself now with the house of God and go on that journey. Can I tell you, after all the years that I've been in church, it's the best life. It's cool. It's blessed. It's wonderful. All right. Praise God. Okay, now we're going to pray. We're going to do some serious business with God now, right? We're going to move in an authority to see mountains move. Right now, now, there's two things I want you to think about. I want to think about the corporate house here and the mountain that needs to move for this church to go into the next phase of its destiny with the plan of God. And I want you to think about what mountain stands in your way. I don't care if it's been there a long time. I don't care if it's been something you've been camped at. Uh, some Christians build a two-story house at their mountain, right? I'm not settling down. I want to break through. I want to push through. So today, whether it's in your finances, in your marriage, with your kids, in your relationships, in your employment, in your health, come on, let's just put this mountain before God. And so as I'm praying, I want each of you to, to speak to that mountain, right? We're going to speak to it in faith. Be removed. Get out of my way. I'm coming through. God never meant me to stay here. This mountain has got to move, all right? And in particular, I'm going to pray for, for, for family members who are away from God. Uh, let me just, I'll just set this up, all right? And this will help you to pray. In, in Acts 16, Paul says to the Philippian jailer, he says, what must I do to be saved? He says, you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you can be saved and your household. That's enough for me, Right? I believe that when Jesus gets one of us, He wants the whole family, right? That's it. And so they may be still serving the devil. They may be still in the kingdom of darkness, but, but that, that Scripture embraces them. And we need to be purposeful in our prayer, right? The book of Corinthians says, the God of this world has blinded their eyes so that they cannot see the truth. The prodigal had to come to his senses before he could come back. And so we need to pray this way. Father, in the name of Jesus, we, we speak on behalf of every family member, every parent, every child, every grandchild of someone who's saved in this building. And we begin to, you name them, we begin to declare over their lives that they belong in the house of God. Devil, get your hands off them. Devil, they don't belong to you. You are trespassing on private property. We post an eviction notice on their lives. We don't look and think about their behaviour and what they're doing now. We actually see them here in church with their hands lifted, worshipping God, taking their place in the household of God. And so devil, we tell you right now, your time's up. Your time's up. These ones belong to Jesus. We speak with the authority 
of Jesus Christ. Loose them and let them go. Let them come back into the household of faith. They don't belong to you. Get your hands off them in Jesus' Name. Come on, I want you to name them right now in the presence of God while we're saying, devil, you listen. You listen to these names. They're not yours. They belong to Jesus. They belong in the house of God. We want to see them come back. And we declare and we prophesy in the Name of the Lord, they're coming home. They're coming home. Like the prodigal, they're coming to their senses right now. They go, I should be back in my father's house. What am I doing here in this pigsty? And Lord, right now, we just speak it into being. We declare it over their lives. We will not give them up to the devil because they don't belong to him. They belong in your kingdom. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now, folks, this is what I want you to do every day. I want you to pray like that over their lives. Don't, oh, Jesus, help them to come back. No, start to tell the devil, get your hands off them. They're private property. We've posted a sign, no trespassing. No trespassing, devil. They're not yours. Praise God. All right, come on, let's pray now. Whatever that mountain is other than that, like you've got sickness in your life, take no thought. Take no thought. Abraham took no thought for what was going on in his body. But he believed the promise of God that he could be well, that he could have be the father of many nations. I want you right now, take no thought, take no thought. I'm going to stop thinking about Lord. I'm going to have one language, one voice, one authority, one confidence that you are the God who wants me to move mountains in Jesus' Name. And so Father, we speak to every problem. We speak to every health issue. We speak to every financial dilemma. We speak to every employment issue. We speak to every issue that holds back the people of God from moving the mountain to go forward into their destiny and purpose for You. Right now, in Jesus' Name, we say, Mountain, you got to move. Mountain, you've got to move. Mountain, you have no choice. All authority has been given to Him in heaven and earth, and He gave it to us. And today, we use that authority with confidence and we speak it and prophesy it into the atmosphere of every life here. In Jesus' Name, in Jesus' Name, mountain, be moved and cast into the sea. Amen. Amen. Come on, church. Let's give God the glory. Let's thank Him. You got to believe this. God wants your mountain to move more than you do, right? It's not Him that's stopping the mountain moving. It's us. We need to just lift our, God, let me lift my faith level. I want to be a mountain moving, devil chasing believer in Jesus. I don't just want to be a pew warmer. I want to be dangerous in Jesus' Name. Amen. God bless you, church. Love you. Thank you for joining our podcast. We hope you were blessed by today's message. You can connect with us at shilohchurch.com.au.